Hey, Life in a Wine Bottle fans. This is your host, Nelson Pizarro, and you're listening to part two with Matt Kitman, the wine critic. In this episode, we'll discuss how we connected, why are wine critics so important, and his favorite part of being a wine critic. Also, if you've been enjoying listening to my podcast, I would love for you to give us five-star review. This will help us in our rankings so that more people will get to know and love Life in a Wine Bottle like you guys. Make sure you subscribe to our channel, podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and like us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in a Wine Bottle. Enjoy part two. Are you big so, into I mean, Twitter or Instagram? Uh, I kind of link my Twitter to my Instagram account, uh, so it does it will feed there. But I don't do a lot of just Twitter. I don't quite. I've never really fully understood Twitter as a as a as a tweeter, like I understand it as a news gatherer, you know, it's a good spot to go, especially for emergency situations. Um, you get a lot of uh, raw um, information, um, but I haven't, I've never been very good at using it. I'm, I'm much better on Facebook and Instagram, that sort of stuff. Facebook I use to promote like articles I've written. Instagram is more just kind of lifestyle stuff and some, and like promoting um, brands that I've, just happened to be drinking that day or whatever so mm-hmm. nice so i don't know if you know or remember but i actually sent in i think it was a san Giovese, and this was probably last year or a little bit over last year and the way we uh, not like we connected but i found out about you guys was through a good friend of mine that showed me how to make wine his name is uh, joe from scaredy cat ranch and he mm-hmm. said, hey, Nelson, just, you know, just, you know, to do your work, because the process, is, process to send stuff to you isn't as easy. It's, it takes time. You know, everything is a process, oh. right? So he's like, you know, just fill out the paperwork, get a bottle that you think it's going to score well, and then just go send it and see. Hopefully you get some feedback. So, yeah. you know, we're all it's super free. Excited. It's free, and we, and we review everything that's submitted. I think we're the only publication that pledges to review everything that's submitted so yeah so i'm telling this to the the listeners and the viewers that we sent it out and um i got i got a response obviously the process is long based on what you you do you know you have a big there's a lot of wines and you're not going to get a quick reply they're going to take their time you're gonna you're going to take your time and since we're in the southern california area you're taking care of um how high do you go to Napa or what's your, so I do, um, I do technically the central coast and the South coast AVA. Okay. So, um, so I do basically from the border to Santa Barbara and then from Santa Barbara North to essentially the Southern Bay area, Santa Cruz mountains, Santa Clara Valley. Um, and oddly the central coast AVA actually includes Livermore, but we kind of cut it off there for me and so then we have an editor who does one editor does napa and sonoma that's her entire beat which is like the most wines out of anybody Um, and then another guy um does uh everything else so he does you know lodi lake county mendocino county and then you know humble everything and then he also does the california appellated wine so if you're wine and that there's a little bit of confusion there sometimes because and there's a little overlap. Sometimes I'll do the California wines if, if it's very clear that they are from, you know, Paso Robles or whatever. So some people just for style purposes will, will use California as the appellation. Um, even if it's all from, 
you know, Paso Robles or Santa Barbara or whatever. Um, that's pretty rare. Usually the California Appalachian means that, well, usually it means that the wines came from the Central Valley somewhere um, and were grown on the massive vineyards. Um, or it just means that you're sourcing from, you're getting grapes from all over the place and putting them in the same bottle. And so you can't, you can't, you can't call a county, you can't call a specific Appalachian, so you go for California. So that's that's gym stuff so a lot of those like grocery store wines you see a lot of those red blends that are really popular um a lot of those are california appellated wine so that goes okay. to somebody else so oh interesting um, yeah, yeah. and the way i taste is, is essentially first come first serve you know there's not an order uh the magazine is running california reviews all the time uh, oh, right. so it's not like there's some regions where there's like a focused month and um you're supposed to get your submissions so every once in a while i'll get a submission that says, oh, I'm, we're trying to get in for your June 5th issue. And I'm like, I don't even know what the issue is. I'm just, I just taste as they come. So, um, and I've been, I would say in the last, I can't remember when you sent yours in, but in the last, there was a long time there where it would take months to, to, for me to get to things. Cause once I get to them, then it takes about another month for the magazine to reach back out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm to the point where I've, I've got such a routine that I'm tasting, um, pretty much wines, white wines are tasted, I would say within a couple of weeks of submission. Um, and then it takes a few more weeks for the magazine to get back to you. And then the reds are mostly within a month, I'd say now. There was a point where it was like within three months because I just had so much backlog. And wow. um, I don't know what I did differently, but I somehow, maybe I just got the hang of it. And, yeah. um, you gotta get a system going. Across. I have a system going that works. Um, so yeah, nice. so it's a little quicker now. Oh, nice. Yeah, we, um, yeah, when we send it, so just to tell, like, uh, if, if anybody has a winery and they want to send it to you guys, you actually fill out a form, you tell them the region, the, um, the type of wine, the year, and you just ship the box. You sh- you sh- yeah. Is it four, bo- or four bottles or two bottles? Two, usually two bottles of each bottles. wine is what we request. Some people send one. It's not that big of a deal, but sometimes a one will be corked, and then you're like, hey, I, right. I'm not scoring your wine because the one bottle you sent was flawed um so two bottles is is good two bottles is also good because uh, especially if i really like the wine that second bottle that i have might wind up being poured in front of other interesting wine people um Mm -hmm. you know friends of mine who are also writers or other winemakers or wine buyers um so sometimes that second bottle actually can help out (laughs) in other ways (laughs) or it shows up on my instagram you know because i'm like oh i open this and especially with time too. So I, you know, I sit on, uh, I, I actually pay my assistants in wine. So that's where a lot of the bottles go. I donate a lot of wine to various causes. Uh, and then I save, you know, bottles that I, um, I'm particularly fond of. Um, and so I have, you know, bottles all over the place. Uh, and those will get, those will get pulled out, um, you know, sometimes years later and it'll be pretty awesome. Cause you're like, Oh, I, like I was just drinking a, 2012 uh, Pinot from Solomon Hills Vineyard the other day. You know, I put that on Instagram. I was like, "Hey, this wine's firing right now." You know, so wow. There's a there's some strategy in the second bottle, I guess, too. <laughs> yeah, that well, that's that's excellent advice for anybody thinking of sending in the wines. You know, because obviously yeah. it can help. It does help you. Um, so yeah, that that whole process. Just I just want the the listeners to know that there's we don't know each other. I just literally sent bottles to you, you scored it, and then I happened to create a podcast and I just reached out to you. You know, there's no, there's nothing else. There's no exchange of wine, no money. I just said that you're like, sure, it sounds like a great idea. 
and you can kind of see the love and passion that you have for it. Um, so I always, I always like to share that in the stories because I feel like a lot of times there's some type of kickback and, and here it's all, I just want to be as natural and as real as possible with the wine world. Why, would, why do you think the wine critics and wine reviews are so important for everybody? What, what's your personal opinion on that? Um, I mean, we, well, there's a, a few good things about it. I mean, we, we help, um, we help people understand and have an anticipation of wines. Um, especially if you get to know a particular critic and you understand their palate. I mean, it's like a, it's kind of like a movie reviewer. There are movie reviewers who you always agree with and you can bank your kind of opinion on what they think. And then there's ones that you don't agree with, or you know that they don't like certain things, but that you do. So you can, you can form your own opinion uh, based on the consistency of a critic. Um, so, you know, if you don't like, you know that I uh, am a huge fan of Cool Climate Syrahs and you see me give it one a big score that's like, and you're into those, go for it. If you're not into those, you can realize that, hey, even though you disagree with my opinion, that my opinion is consistent. So you can make your decision counter to mine, you know, as well. Um, so there's that. I mean, the other thing that, um, I think is important is that, you know, this, that part of the job, the tasting part of the job, uh, you know, is, is a steady income for someone like me, uh, who then is also spending a lot of time just getting out in the field, talking to winemakers, learning about wine, learning about vineyards, learning about places, and then also writing other stories based on, on those experiences. So, um, so even if you don't like, some people just don't like their wines being scored for whatever reason, that's fine. Um, but if you're not consistently sending me wines, you're also not really on my radar either, right? So when I'm going to go write an article about uh, Gamay Noir, for instance, uh, when I go to my notes to see, oh, which wineries have I scored that I really like their Gamay, I'm going to probably base the article on the wineries that, I've, that, I have, that I'm familiar with, that I taste consistently. Uh, and if you don't, if you're not submitting, um, then I'm not going to, it's not that I dislike you or anything. It's just like at, as a practical measure, I'm not going to think of you offhand. Yeah, you, so, yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. yeah. So there's a consistency. So, and then it also keeps me, you know, employed um, and, and paid um, to, to do that. So there's a lot of work that I do that really isn't compensated in the sense of like, you know, I get paid basically by articles I write and by reviews that I write. Mm -hmm. um, and, but there's a lot of work I do just visiting places that's not, otherwise compensated so by having a steady income as a critic um you you have some freedom to go do these visits uh, and then maybe you turn it into a story later maybe you don't maybe it's just to go learn more about the winery and, and be able to write your reviews better and and think about them down the road so um you know we only do i, I we do a lot of stuff for web and, and front of the book stuff in the in the publication um but we only get a handful of features each year all the editors you know there's like I forget how many, almost 20 editors around the world, and we're all competing for um, some space in the magazine, and they're trying to balance the coverage of the globe, you know, in a, in a, in a magazine that only runs, what, 12 times a year. So um, the website's different, obviously. There's a lot more space there. Um, but there's still budget issues. You know, they, they can't just assign us all 10 stories a day. They'd go bankrupt. So um, anyway, so yeah, there's just for general wine knowledge and general wine publicity of regions and of of styles and of trends, you know, the critic 
aspect, there's a practical part of the critic aspect in which it's income related that, that enables us to do all the other stuff as well. So. All right, before we move forward, let's make sure we give a big shout out to the one and only Castelli Family Vineyards. They are our sponsor. They sponsor this podcast, the YouTube channel. So here it goes, Castelli Family Vineyard, where you can taste the love of the wine. So make sure you check them out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Castelli FV. And on Facebook, it's, you just like them, Castelli Family Vineyards, it should pop up. That's huge what you said. Uh, just on your, your, the more you taste a certain wine from a certain vineyard, it helps, it gets you turned on to that area and kind of saying, Hey, what's going on over there? You know, right. especially yeah. if it's doing really well, you're like, Hey, they're doing something special there. We need to check out what, wh why are they so special? And, and I believe here, and obviously I'm promoting our area, Ramona, the RVBA, we, we're just starting off getting to that point to get to getting wines out there. There's vineyards here that are 10 year olds, you know, going on to yeah. 15 year olds. So now you're starting to get a little more complex on the grape. We're learning more. We have our meetings. Everybody's trying to work together. Obviously there's some challenges here and there for everyone uh, with vineyards, but at the end of the day, it's a small region where everybody's tiny. You're kind of outside your backyard. You know, you yeah. literally yeah. almost everybody's their house. And then their tasting room is the garage or something, you know, right. so, and they're trying to, they're making it work. So this is a huge advice. So for, for the listeners, please, you know, if you have a great wine that you think it's great, try it. What's the worst case that what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? They say, no, it's not good. Or you get a score at well, 80s, you know? And that, and that's what I've always said too, is like, there's pretty, you know, if you look at life in a risk reward situation, there's pretty low risk to submitting because it's not like we do a lot of promotion of wines uh, that score lowly. We just, they kind of, they go on the website. Sometimes they go in print, often not. Uh, they often just go on the website and then it's kind of up to each individual winery to take that score and promote it or not. So if you get a low score, it almost just disappears. You know, if, if you, if no one's calling it out, unless it becomes like part of a controversial thing, uh, most people are not even going to see it. So and then the potential to getting a, you know, if you get a high score, it, it can help you sell quite a bit of wine. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've, I've heard sometimes scores I get people like, oh, thank you. We sold out, you know, thousands of cases immediately. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, that's cool. Um, but yeah, if you get a low score, it kind of disappears, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, for us, we had a 86 and I didn't think anything wrong with it. I send it to my email list. I send it on my social media and, you know, we, we, we probably sold within that kind of week or so or two weeks, I would say like 25% more, more yeah. than we usually. So it, I, all I care is selling it and making sure the, the wine is good and the people enjoy it. So well, and it gives you a baseline more. from which to judge your, at least against my palate, judge your, uh, you know, forthcoming vintages. Right. So Correct. if you see them consistently getting better, you're like, Oh, we're in the, you know, according to Matt's palate, at least we're in the right direction, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's great. I, I, and I always tell people, hey, everybody has their own palate. You know, yeah. you, it doesn't matter. Someone will say, oh, this is amazing. And someone will say, this is, it's, it's okay. You know, so yeah. uh, it's, you know, and also, you know, the mood that you're in. Obviously yeah. for you, this is your job. This is your profession. 
But most people, if you come to a winery, you're most likely having a good time, you know? Yeah, I mean, wines almost always taste better at a place. Correct. Social studies, not by yourself. And okay, I'll just have a glass of wine. So that's pretty funny to say. But yeah, that's the typical there. What about how many did you say you taste a day? How many wines do you uh, blind taste? So I do, um, I typically do about a, on average, I would say about a dozen a day. Um, Some days I'll do 20 something. Some days I'll do none. So I would say on average about a dozen. Um, And so I've been doing, for the last three months, I've been doing more than 300 wines a month, which was a, a pretty big increase from, I was usually doing around 200 wines a month. And then during the quarantine, it's been, basically 300 plus for the last three months. So oh. um, and, and are you getting of, are you getting like a second opinion from your wife or from your assistants or is it just basically? Um, yeah. From not as part of the process, but as a general thing. Yeah. I, I, I ask my wife what she thinks about wine. Sometimes I have a lot of friends who like wine. And so I'll ask them what they think. Um, usually just more casually sometimes i'll be like hey what do you think about that one you know just like am i yeah so there is there is some level of um kind of trying to balance to understand what other people think about it too you know yeah yeah that makes sense and then um what will you say the favorite part of being a wine critic obviously besides tasting thousands of wines well is there anything else besides that uh, I mean, really, when I was offered the job and was like slightly reluctant to, um, I mean, I, there was never any part of me that was going to say no, but I was slightly reluctant to kind of take on this role and become a critic because, you know, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about uh, the whole process um, anyway. And, and making that my a large part of my life was, you know, there was some daunting aspects to that. But um, the what I realized immediately was that the job would give me basically a, uh, a calling card to go to anywhere I wanted to across California, more or less, uh, and have doors open for me um, just because of the role that I had. So, um, because, and that's what I've always, I mean, my favorite thing to do is to drive into the middle of nowhere and <laughs> drive down some dead end road and wind up at some cool ranch, right? Or some <laughs> cool vineyard. Um, and then be able to be invited right. in and, and, um, you know, learn about the history of the place, learn about the people. And, you know, I've been always been mostly fascinated by people and places more so than, you know, what's in the bottle even. So that's the best part of the job is, is, is being able to, being paid to go hang out in cool places with interesting people. So yeah. um, that's not, that's, that sounds like a lot of fun, you know, yeah. I'm and kind of in know, the same as yourself. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's, and that's what a lot of, I think wine people are interested in is, is traveling, you know, and using, using their jobs as uh, uh, an excuse to taste wines from around the world, to visit other interesting parts of the wine world and connect with the history and connect with the geography and all the kind of interesting um, natural stuff that's going on too. So, you know, uh, we can't all just go frolic in nature all the time. We have to have some, some income generation. And so um, a lot, a lot of the people I know in the wine business, um, seem to be interested because of those same things, meeting cool people and going to cool places. So, yeah, yeah, and, and it helps, you know, when you when you go back and you you're able to tell a great story. You know, exactly, afterwards. yeah. And so, nothing. I mean, there's hardly any products uh, on the planet that that really, literally translate 
a place into the uh, sensory experience, right? So mm -hmm. wine does that. And, um, and it, because of that, it can talk to people all around the world in different ways and, and represent all parts of the world differently. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I do it in a smaller scale. You know, I try not to, when we go to wineries, um, you know, try different wineries in our area. I, I really try not to say that I make wine because then it, then it opens up a different uh, avenue, yeah. right? And then they're kind of, okay, okay, try this one or try this. And you start going, which is fine, but it's more of, I always like to kind of see how they are, how do people act, you know, the, what can I do if I see something that they're selling or uh, the, um, the wine taster is just giving out and the way their, their personalities are like, oh, that seems like a great idea. I would like to bring it back to our winery, you know? So um, it makes total sense what you're saying and, and how you're able to describe a wine based on what you saw in the vineyard and in their cellar. Right. Is there any advice that you'll give for winemakers when you're submitting? Is there anything out there? Um, no, I mean, you're always welcome to send more information. Um, yeah, cause I will read it. I mean, it doesn't really affect the review that much, but sometimes when you send more information, I, uh, I will read it and I will have a little bit more of the backstory, which, which can be helpful. Um, but yeah, other than that, no, I mean, you know, submit often because that's the best way to to know what I'm thinking and, and, um, and it's, it's free, you know, other than the cost it, it sends, it takes for you to send it. We do, we do come back as you know, and, and we'll try to sell our sales team. will reach out and see if you wanted to buy a label placement or whatever, which is something that helps pay my salary, but the actual whole process to get reviewed is completely independent of that and, um, totally free. So it's, I think that's why I've been getting so many submissions in the last couple of months, because it's kind of a passive way to have attention for your wine, you know? And like I said, if you get a bad score or a score you don't agree with, you don't really have to do anything and it kind of, kind of vanishes, you know? Yeah, that's and if it. you get a score you really like, you can totally promote it, so. Yep, perfect. Is there any wine that you will, that you recommend now that you've been tasting that you're saying, if you're allowed to, I don't know if you, if that's promoting or not, but is there any? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've liked a lot of, um, I've been big into, and especially the summer, like, kind of lighter uh, chillable red wines is a really fun uh fun kind of trend that we see a lot of uh, on the central coast particularly but there's some out of san diego area you know some of the some of the kind of more natural wine leading leaning places will will make these kind of lighter fresh reds which i think are fun because you can drink them in the sunshine and um, you can even put an ice cube in them you yeah. know god forbid but you can do that <laughs> yeah a, a chilled red yeah we have actually a pinot that we got from Santa Luis Obispo mm -hmm. and we have another one that was a 2018 and then we have a 2017 that was grown here that we actually grow here and it's a big pinot yeah. <laughs> it's it's huge just because of the weather it's hot yeah, it's warmer yeah um so and I always tell people I'm like this one you can probably chill it uh the 2018 this one is a, you eat it with some food, you know, a good piece of meat. Steak. Yeah. yeah. And you're <laughs> yeah. going to see, and they're just like, it just, it's just amazing how that, that little bit of advice can sell, you know, because <laughs> they'll come back and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to have it in the summertime when we have a, a, a summer party or a barbecue coming up. And I hope that all this changes soon and we're going to have friends over. So they're going to buy that for that. So it's really nice to do that, um, to have two separate things and having fun with it. Yeah, um, those counterpoints. Yeah, always do a little 
a little game. It's called the spit wine game. Okay. Yeah. Five seconds to answer a question. Whatever comes up to your mind, it's only wine though. So you okay. know, it's not history. It's not math. It's real quick. Just five little questions. Real simple. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. One, red or white? Red. Favorite bridal? Syrah. Favorite food to pair with the Syrah? Uh, sausage. Sausage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> One right wine region that you can go. Where can it be? Where will you go? One in the world? Yep. Like forever or just for next time? Forever. I know you're going to say Ramona, but I just marked that out so you can, you can give me another one. Oh, I'd probably say Santa Barbara where I live. Okay, nice. Wait, they make some great wines out there. And yeah. last one, and this might be a little bit complicated, last bottle you opened. The, uh, <laughs> I opened a lot of wines yesterday, but I think the last one I opened was a Stolo San Luis Obispo County Gewürztraminer, actually. Oh. Okay. Probably 2019. That's pretty good memory then. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of wine. Sweet. Um, anything closing? Do you want to add your Instagram account? Uh, at Matt Ketman, M-A-T-T-K-E-T-T-M-A-N-N. Um, and you, so you mentioned a book that you're writing. Is there, you want to oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can go to vinesandvisionsb.com and pre-order copies of a book I'm doing with a photographer. Um, it's called Vines and Vision, the winemakers of Santa Barbara County. It's grown into a pretty massive project with more than 600 pages and thousands of wow. new photos. And I've probably written 150,000 words. Uh, so it's a bit of a beast, but I have less than 20 chapters to go out of 115 plus. Uh, and I can do typically one to three a day. So we're in the last few weeks of, of finalizing that and it will be out this fall. So. Wow. Check that okay. out. Okay. So is there, you don't have a Twitter or anything or uh, Instagram or anything like that? For yet? that? No, we should. We kind of are, you know, it's a, it's a basically, uh, I'm working, the photographer I'm working with owns a publishing company. Um, so, but it's more or less just bootstrapped and the two of us doing it. So nice. um, we have not gotten, you know, all the advice I give to wineries when they ask me what they should be doing, uh, how to publicize themselves. I have not been following that myself. I know what <laughs> well, to do. I just haven't had time you're, to no, do it. You're yeah. super busy. It's, uh, and I think people forget that, you know, life catches up to you and it isn't a quick, if you don't have the masses, as in you can designate somebody to do this project and another to this one, it, it won't, it's extremely hard to make it happen. So Vines and Vision, correct? Yeah, vinesandvisionsb.com, yeah. B.com, okay. Uh, when I do the Instagram stuff, I'll make sure I'll, I'll put that on there, like a hashtag or something, so we can help promote some of that stuff. All right, cool. that's it. Uh, this is Nelson Pizarro with Life in a Wine Bottle. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and like us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Life in a Wine Bottle. Thank you, Matt, for all you do. I look Thank forward you, to man. sending you some more wines now yeah. that um, uh, I got some great advice. So I'm going to push <laughs> it a little bit more and hopefully I can do it maybe every quarter. <clears throat> cool. Great. I look forward it. to them. All right. So okay. thank you very much. I'll look forward to speaking with you and let us know if you're ever coming down in this area. Okay. I will. Right. Have a good one, Matt. Thank you very yeah. much. Bye, Nelson.
Thank you to everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned something new about being a wine critic and what to expect. Quick shout out to our sponsor at Castelli Family Vineyards. Thank you again for Matt Ketman with Wine Enthusiast Magazine. Don't forget to check out his new book, FindsAndVisionSB.com. It'll come out in fall. Our next episode will be called, Should I Plant a Vineyard? I'll have our guest speaker, Ron Pumpkin. And you don't want to miss what advice I gave him. Make sure to follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our channels, podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play at Life in Wine Bottle. I'm your host, Nelson Pizarro, and this is Life in a Wine Bottle. Look forward to seeing you guys next time. Thanks.